This is Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Ad Victorium Solutions. Here's your host, Mike Boyle. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for the Ad Victorium Salesforce Simplified podcast. And on this episode, we are delighted to have as a guest Megan Burns, a customer and employee experience expert who helps good people deliver great experiences. She's here today to talk specifically about creating world-class B2B customer experiences. Now, before we officially say hello, let me tell you a little bit about Megan. Megan Burns is one of the world's leading experts on customer experience and culture change. She advises leaders and organizations on how to use the science of human behavior to embed world-class customer experience practices into operations, IT, customer service, and sales. Megan's insights into customer and employee experience comes from 20 years of research and consulting prior to launching Experience Enterprises. Megan spent more than 10 years as Vice President, Principal Analyst at Forrester Research, developing groundbreaking research on how brands like Amazon, Apple, Starbucks, and Yes, even Salesforce deliver great customer experiences at scale in the face of constant social and technical disruption. And Megan is the author of more than 75 research reports on such topics as measurement, the business value of customer experience, executive engagement, change management, and how emotion drives customer loyalty. There is a whole lot more about the Megan Burns story, and you can just visit her website at www.megan-burns.com to learn more. And without further ado, Megan, hello. Welcome to the Salesforce Simplified Podcast. A pleasure to have you join us. I have really been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I'm thrilled to be here. Tell me what a B2B customer experience is. It's a great question and, and one that we shouldn't gloss over. It's it's funny, I keep an eye on keyword research and what is customer experience is still the number one most searched term related to customer experience, even uh, 15 years later. So B2B customer experience, let's start with the definition of customer experience. A customer experience, the customer experience is how a person thinks and feels about their interactions with a company. You have a person interacting with a company, whatever happens in those interactions, plus the thoughts and feelings that person has. What's different in B2B is that that person is having that interaction in the context of their job. It's still a person. It may be multiple people from within the same company, but it's in the mindset and the role of the and the context of them as a professional as opposed to them in their personal life. Megan, you have years of doing research about the B2B customer experience. What has that taught you? Well, it's taught me that experiences are created by people for people. It's very easy to forget that, especially in B2B, when we talk about customers as clients or accounts. And I'm a software engineer by training, but as we go crazy throwing technology to facilitate things, it facilitates great things. But ultimately, there are human beings on either end of that experience. And I think that's a simple but powerful truth that we forget, but would do well to kind of keep front and center in our minds. And part of the reason that it's important to keep it front and center in our minds is because I've also learned 
what customer experience can and cannot do in terms of business dynamics, right? Some people will talk about customer experience as if it's a panacea, right? We're going to have the world's greatest customer experience and that will solve all our competitive issues. Probably not, right? How someone feels about your company based on their interactions with it is a piece of the puzzle. Rarely, especially in B2B, is there one experience that's like, that's it. I'm leaving and I'm never doing business with you again. That happens more in the consumer world. In B2B, it's usually not something quite that cut and dried. It's the ebb and flow of relationships over time. And the experiences are one piece that influences what is a very complex, multi-factor, multi-person decision. So I think we have to keep our expectations in check and really understand, you know, as we pull the experience lever, what can it do and what can't it do? Well, I'm about to throw the understatement of the year at you right <laughs> now. We here in September of 2021 are still feeling the effects of this whole COVID-19 thing. It's had an impact on everything, including B2B customer experiences. Talk to me about that impact and how sellers have had to adjust during this COVID-19 period. I think it would be shorter if we talked about how they haven't had to adjust. No, it's, if I think back to, so in March, April of 2020, when this all first hit, we were all kind of like, deer in a headlights. And so I was thinking about, well, what can I do? And I just started gathering a group of B2B customer experience leaders to kind of all be a deer in a headlights together. And back then we were talking about things like, should we still be surveying our customers? Should we be asking them something different? Is that, you know, emotionally insensitive at the time? Have you seen your survey responses go down? So it was a very tactical kind of a thing. The supply chain issues. I think have been the biggest, and not all companies are are B2B, but I think it impacts B2B more, or not all B2B companies are supply chain. The supply chain issues, I work with a lot of technology companies who were like, when we took these orders, we could fill them. And then three of the countries we had parts coming from closed. So it wasn't necessarily that they were intentionally creating a bad experience. It was, okay, this is so fluid and dynamic. It's frustrating to us as much as it is to our customers. How do we kind of manage and create the best experience we possibly can? So I'm a seller. I'm out there. I'm thinking and I'm going, ah, you know, I, I really need to up my game here with you know, with customer experience, a B2B customer experience. Talk to me about the advantages that that person is going to see when he or she comes up with a well-thought-out, well-planned, well-executed B2B customer experience. There's two sides of the B2B customer experience quality continuum that I think are, are worth talking about. B2B is complicated and very often we run into a situation where scale, as a company gets bigger, that creates problems that empathy can't solve. So some of the customer experience issues are just about facilitating communication around a really complicated organization and experience. Those tend to eliminate pain, eliminate badness. And there's a positive impact to that. Customers are less frustrated, they're happier, But it's almost like the absence of a pebble in your shoe, right? It's not, you don't get brownie points necessarily for being less annoying. 
But what that does is it frees you up to use resources that instead of handling all of these things that could have been prevented if you had been coordinating a little better, it allows you to pay attention for emotional needs, social needs, needs people haven't necessarily expressed. I'll give you an example. I was I'm interviewing some executives right now at a tech company and I'm asking them, well, what have you learned about customers that surprised you? And I, one of the common refrains I keep hearing is how much communication matters. They said, it's not that they expect things will never go wrong. They know things will go wrong. It's really important to them how we communicate and how we keep them abreast of what's going on as they believe we'll fix the things. But that communication matters much more. Like they would rather have good communication and have it fixed in a little bit longer time than have no communication and have it fixed in a shorter time. So the ability to step back and think about things like communication, things like building trust, those emotional and social components, helping facilitate relationships within the client organization. Those are the kind of things that you can free up. And that kind of emotional relationship is what takes the the business interactions really from the context of you're a supplier and it's a transaction to a, you're a partner and it's a relationship. You know, some of those executives that you were just speaking about have to think about this as well. And that's the employee experience. Can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about how the employee experience impacts the customer experience? Oh, that has been huge. And when we talk about the changes brought on by COVID, many of the companies I work with provide the technology that enables remote work, among other things. And so they have had to pivot really quickly as their clients pivoted while they were also pivoting themselves to have all this remote work. So just the technological complexity, I think everybody, including the people who did it, are a little bit shocked at what they were able to do and how quickly they were able to do it. And so I think that it's created a a certain confidence, but it's also made people acutely aware of things that were always true about the employee experience and frustrations that were always there that have been magnified or exacerbated. One of the things we saw early on in the pandemic was everybody was sending out emails saying, you know, the health and welfare of our customers and our employees is our top priority. Depending on people's experience dealing with you before the pandemic, sometimes their reaction to that was, yeah, I believe that. Sometimes it was like, really, are you kidding me? Because you haven't acted like it for the last 15 years. But we're also seeing now customers individuals making purchasing and relationship decisions based on things like how a company treats its employees. Megan, why do some companies make it so hard on themselves Mm -hmm. to create a positive customer experience? Well, humans are very good at uh, overcomplicating things, uh, myself included. But there's a there's a couple of, of different things that that make it hard. One is the organic way that companies and organizations have evolved. I mean, we see these big giant companies now, but they started out smaller and they added pieces and pieces onto them. So what happens is you have an experience that what that kind of grew up like a bloom of weeds and it's a tangled mess. Whereas if you were designing it from the beginning, you would have put some more structure into it. So some of why it's so hard is that we've, and this happens with IT too, we've reached a point where not being intentional creates problems. 
So we're having to go back and relearn to be, oh, we were sort of intuitively going, oh, and we should do this and we should provide this service and deliver this kind of experience. And as it grew, it kind of became a, a Frankenstein. And now we have to reset and say, all right, let's let's think about this piecemeal thing that we built. Let's think about it from a whole end-to-end perspective. So that's why one of the reasons I say I help good people deliver great experiences is I've worked with hundreds, thousands of people, and every single one of them wants to deliver a good customer experience. Nobody shows up to work in the morning saying, hmm, let's think of some new ways I can annoy my customers, right? So they're just as frustrated. And so looking at how we can take what was this sort of quote unquote common sense principle, it's a lot like diet and exercise, you know, 150 years ago, people didn't really need to worry about eating organic because that was all there was. You didn't have to think about exercising and getting your workout in because life was a workout. Now we have to be much more thoughtful and intentional about those things. Customer experience is the same way. We've talked about employee experience and how it impacts customer experience. There's another experience, emotional experience. I have two questions for you. Yeah. Regarding that. Talk to me about the impact that emotion has on customer and or the employee experience. So let's just talk about the emo- the impact that emotion has on how humans experience the world, because that applies to whether it's a business, uh, a customer or an employee. Emotion is a much bigger factor than most people realize. And there's there's three ways that your emotions shape an experience that you're having right now and the way you remember that experience. The first one is emotion directs your attention, right? So if you've seen something before that scared you and you think you see that out of the corner of your eye, or if you're, you know, on high alert and irritated because you didn't sleep very well the night before, right? Things you're going to notice and things that might bug you are going to be different. So our past experiences and the emotions we associate with them is part of what tells our brain, hey, here's what to notice. And that becomes sort of the the focus of our experience. So if somebody's really stressed out, I always tell my clients like during COVID, um, you know, if you were sending people a a page long email during COVID, make it five lines because that's all their brain has the, you know, that's all they're going to see. Once we pay attention to that, because most of our processing happens unconsciously, emotion then influences how we interpret that, right? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And that again, it's a kind of a gut reaction based on comparing it to things in our past and saying, okay, is, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Should I act on it? Can I leave it alone? And some things are really triggering negatively for some people and not for other people. So your emotional history, right? If you, an employee experience, if you've worked for a boss in the past that took advantage of you a lot, you're more likely to interpret something your current boss does as being trying to take advantage of you just because that's the pattern that you're used to, even though that might not be what that boss intended. And then emotion impacts how we remember, what we remember and how we remember. The more emotionally intense something is, the more likely we are to remember it because our brain's going, we can't remember everything. So let's remember the stuff that was either really, really good so we can look for it again or really, really bad 
so we can avoid it again. And so there's this constant cycle of emotion shaping what you experience, how it feels, how you remember that, and then how those memories shape the next experience. Well, there's also an emotional impact when it comes to trust, Mm -hmm. brand, and loyalty. Yep. Talk a little bit about that. Those are all pieces of the same coin, right? So when you trust someone, you are having, that is an emotional response. It means you have confidence in their abilities. It means you feel comfortable and safe that they have your good intentions at heart. So those emotions that we're having are always based on what we think is going to happen next. And if we've worked with someone a lot, and we have experience that says, this person has got my back, if there's something I need to know, they're going to let me know ahead of time. That is a less strong fear response, because our past experience says, I don't have to worry as much because that person is looking out for me. And we like, we humans like not being stressed out and afraid. We like certainty. We like knowing that things are going to turn out okay. So loyalty becomes the pursuit of fewer negative feelings and more positive feelings based on past experiences where we think even if something goes wrong, if I'm with this company, it's going to get resolved in the best possible way it can. I do have one more emotional question. What's the secret to a more emotionally intelligent digital experience? There's a lot of secrets, but I think first and foremost, the the most important thing is to understand, which I didn't for a long time, that the emotional experience we have of each other through screens and through audio is biologically different than the experience we have when we're physically in person. And that has always been the case. With phone, you know, we're not great at identifying the emotions that someone is trying to convey over the phone. Part of the reason for that is that the phone lines actually cut out the top end and bottom end of the modulation of our voice. I worked for AT&T for seven years and didn't know that until a couple of years ago. But because of the limitations of wire transmission 150 years ago, they do. They cut out some of the, the tone of voice spectrum. So we are literally not hearing all the inflections in someone's voice. And there are a lot of things about our gestures and signals we get from eyes, from physical body language, from the sense of space with each other that are simply not there. And so I think recognizing that the experience of reading something in an email is very different from the experience of hearing someone say it, that helps us think about. So one of the exercises I do that there was research that showed that even happily married spouses and best friends of 20 plus years guessed wrong most of the time the emotional tone their friend or partner was trying to convey in an email. And these are people who knew each other better than anybody. So there's this exercise that I encourage people to do, which is take something you're writing in an email and read it as if you were super happy. Read it as if you were really annoyed. Read it as if you were a little bit hesitant out loud because you never know which one of those filters the other person will be reading it through in their minds. And so just having that awareness that that's an extra step you have to take when you're looking at digital experiences, I think that goes a long way. Good advice. 
In doing my due diligence about you, Megan, I came across something you've talked about. It's a phrase called busting the wow myth, capital letters, W-O-W. Yes. What is the wow myth and talk about busting that myth? Sure. And this is where the ultra pragmatic engineer and ultra pragmatic New Englander comes out in me. You know, the conventional wisdom, the popular thing to say in customer service first and now in customer experience has been that you want to delight every customer every time. That is not possible, nor is it necessary. And frankly, it can be really demotivating to employees. I have sort of a behind the scenes advantage that a lot of my friends and family have worked on the front lines of customer experience businesses, retail, sales, contact centers. So I hear, you know, I'll get a phone call that says someone like you told somebody in corporate that we should do this. And now I have to waste time doing this, this, and this, even though it's not going to change anything. Right. So I'm really sensitive to kind of the reality of what's on the ground. And those strive for five all the time, you know you're not going to hit it. So why bother? It's not the right way to think about it necessarily, but that's the way people will think about it. So what I tell people to bust the wow myth is like, okay, well, we need a goal. We need a goal to replace that wow everybody every time. And what I tell people is that the goal should be to be consistently good and strategically amazing. Consistently good is really, really hard. But if you think about it, you don't necessarily buy from Amazon because you think you're going to get an exploding glitter package or some other great surprise every time. You know it's going to get there and it's going to get there when they said it's going to get there. And that consistency, especially in B2B, really, really matters. People will often say, I don't care if it takes a little longer, I just want to have predictable delivery dates so I can respond to them. So aiming for consistently good and then thinking about when does the wow make the biggest difference? There are times when a random wow can be a great thing and building those random wows in, right? That's some positive reinforcement psychology. But there are also moments of truth, right? When you're first coming on board as a customer, that can be a time to really go above and beyond. If there is something that is inherently emotionally charged for the customer, maybe it has nothing to do with you, but that, you know, changing jobs, if you're in financial services, or if someone is new to their job in B2B, and it's the first time they're doing a release with a tech company that maybe they didn't choose as the supplier, that's, there's a lot riding on that for that person. So being strategic about when you are going to put those resources into intentionally designing a really incredible experience, it just ends up being a, a better and more practical goal to reach for and, and I think more effective in terms of actually generating loyalty. Everybody's got an assignment out there. Get out there and bust the wow myth. Consistency, yep. consistency, consistency. Last question I have for you, Megan. I picture you know people out there in the B two B world, and they're worrying about their customer experiences. And you know we've talked a little bit about customer experience. Well, we've talked a lot about customer experience here. <laughs> Can we leave them with any best practice tips about creating an awesome customer experience from your experience? My biggest tip is always to come back to 
who is this person and what are they trying to do? I have a little phrase or, or exercise that I do with clients sometimes when we're talking about metrics, right? And saying, how do, we, how do we measure from a more customer-centric way? And I always tell them to take whatever your, your target goal is or whatever your you know, strategic priorities and add the phrase, so customers can dot, 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 and fill in the blank. Because that forces you to take everything you do and say, you know, we want to reduce operations costs by, you know, 7% in the next three quarters. So customers can get more new products faster because we can repurpose that, right? What, what is the customer-oriented intention of all of these things that we sort of instinctively know are good? It's very easy to lose touch with that, but I think it leads us to better decisions and I think, quite frankly, it makes the work feel more meaningful for people when you remember that this is all in service of helping other humans do the things that they need to do to be successful. Well, Megan, I have two words for you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I think everyone's walking away with some great food for thought here for creating world-class B2B customer experiences. We could technically go on for hours here. <laughs> May I ask you to come back sometime and we'll, we'll pick up again? Absolutely. I, I would love to. I've been doing this for 15 years and I feel like we're still just scratching the surface. So thank you so much for having me. Well, count on coming back for sure, Megan. And if you'd like to connect with Megan Burns, you just visit her website. Again, it's www.megan, and Megan is M-E-G-A-N, megan-burns, B-U-R-N-S dot com. And if this is your first time listening to our podcast and you like what you heard, make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast channel to get all of the past and future episodes. We're on all of the platforms. And if you happen to listen to us on Apple, would you consider giving Megan a five-star review for this episode? I mean, Megan worked hard for this. It helps us get the word out about the podcast when you do that for us. So thank you very much. And one more thing. If you are a podcaster and you're looking for guests to speak on your podcast about all things Salesforce, MuleSoft, technology in general, visit our Contact Us page. It's at www.advic.com, and we will put you in touch with an Advic team member for your podcast's next episode. I'm Mike Boyle from Advic. Thank you for joining us for our Salesforce Simplified podcast. Our next episode is just around the corner. You've been listening to Salesforce Simplified, the podcast from Advictorium Solutions.